0: I'm recording this obviously because Mother's Day is here, but this is a relevant message for any day of the year. On your path to the good life, you've got to figure out the grand theory of everything. The grand theory of everything is made up of four parts, health, wealth, love, and finally happiness. That's the good life, those four things. We all start on the path having to survive as we come out of the womb. That's the beginning of health. Only the healthy survive. If you're listening to this, you've won the evolutionary battle. You've won the evolutionary lottery. Once you begin to pass that step of basic health, you'll have to strive to acquire resources. In the modern world, we call those resources money. But they're more than just money. They're access to those things that you'll need, whether it be freedom, whether it be the ability to relax, whether it be the ability to have other people help you build your house and grow your food and make your clothes. You'll have to acquire resources. Third, and in my opinion, the hardest, once you've got your health and once you've got access to economic resources, You're left with love. I'm reading an interesting book called Social by this Harvard professor, and he says the default state of the human brain is social. When you're not thinking about tying your shoes, and you're not thinking about what 5 plus 5 equals, your mind defaults back to thinking about your social standing. Who likes you? Who doesn't like you? Who's loyal to you? Who isn't loyal to you? Who screwed you over at work? Who's gossiping behind your back? Who's your friend? Does that girl or that guy like you back, your brother and sister, what you should do in their situation, whatever they may be. Families are complicated. So that love is built around the most basic facet, the most basic default state of the human brain, the social aspect. So what is love? Love isn't just romance. It's friends, family, and romance. It's those three. Obviously, on Mother's Day, it's that first that we talk about. Family, what does it mean? I saw a Facebook post um, today. It was interesting. It was, it was, I guess, in a sense sad, but in a way, it was interesting to listen to. It said, uh, Mom, I hate you. I've hated you for the last 10 years, and you hate me back. So, happy Mother's Day. And it reminded me that not everybody has a good mom. Dr. David Buss, in his amazing uh, sci- evolutionary psychology textbook, he says that remember, there's an inherent conflict even within families. Why? Well, your mom only has fifty percent of the same genes as you. If you have four or five brothers, it may be in her best interest to give you a little less attention, a little le- to devote a little less health uh, and economic resources, or you know, health focus in order to help you be healthy, in order to help some of your other siblings, which she may or may not subconsciously choose to invest in because her subconscious feels they have a better chance of survival. Obviously, I'm not a full deterministic person. I don't believe that everything is determined. I believe humans have higher powers of logic. That's what happened when we developed the more advanced parts of our brain, the neocortex. But If you look at the trends and the patterns in your life, you'll see you're probably a little more loyal to those people who are blood. Blood is thicker than water, as they say. You're closer probably to some family than you are to acquaintances. And you're probably closer to your siblings than you are to your cousins. And probably closer to your cousins than you are to your step-cousins. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the order of the universe. But thinking back on this Mother's Day and this love, what do we do about this world that we live in where everybody at the end of the day is supposed to focus on their own interests, even your mother, even your own father? When I look back at my mother and my grandmother, the two mothers in my life, uh, I see many amazing things that they've done for me. I choose to focus on those. No one's perfect. I'm sure in hindsight, uh, they would do a few things different. But in the overall scheme of things, my grandma was an amazing woman who had the foresight, who's always had the foresight to look ahead and make the right choice. She was a girl in her early 20s, born in Berlin, Germany, met Adolf Hitler Her best friend, Melita Mishman, said, you got to come to this house and meet this amazing guy. Her friend was a Nazi youth, and my grandma said, I went there, and Adolf Hitler was there. He hadn't yet risen to power. My grandma said, this man's crazy. i got to get out of here. And she had the foresight and the courage to come alone and come to the United States on a boat. And sure enough, she was right. Before anyone thought there'd be a war, because Hitler promised no war, she got on that boat, and she was right. Hitler invaded Poland, broke the treaty. And I'm alive and my mother is alive and my siblings are alive because of the forth, uh, the foresight and forethought of my grandmother. My mother has always been a great thinker, has always been ahead of the curve. She's an Aquarius in the 70s. My mom was already interested in organic food and grass-fed. Everything that people are talking about now, she was doing in the mid to late 70s and 80s. She was way ahead of her homeschooling before everybody was homeschooling, you know. She's a cool person, and she's taught me that what society thinks is great now is often incorrect, and that there is a wisdom to crowds, but there's also a delusion to the masses. So for you and your life, as you continue to move forward, and make no mistake, you will always be moving forward towards the good life, whether or not you want. Like Freud said, the mind is like an iceberg. Only one-seventh of it is above water. The rest is below water. Only one-seventh of your thoughts are in the conscious. You will move forward towards a subconscious goal, and I can predict what that subconscious goal is. You will strive. You will fight at some level to be healthy, to acquire wealth at some capacity, and, of course, to find love. Master love. Master social. And you will get to the upper echelon of the good life. Because you can't have happiness, which is the goal of the good life, right? That feeling of fulfillment, you will not have that without the first three. The first two are relatively easy. We already basically know what it takes to be healthy. It's not that complicated. Don't eat processed food, rest a lot. I just did an amazing uh, uh, interview with... Ben Greenfield, who uh, is now a New York Times bestseller with his new book, Beyond Endurance. And I asked him, if you could be 18 and start all over again, what would you do? And he said, well, Ty, I would rest more. So you got to rest more. you got to lift some heavy things a couple times a week. Keep muscle mass. Keep bone mass, density. You've got to eat no processed food or very little processed food. Like my mom said, it's not the... 10% 10% that you eat that kills you. It's the 90%. So make sure 90% of what you eat follows some basic rules. Everyone agrees. Eat a ton of vegetables. Eat stuff with no ingredients in it. Eat a diversified diet because we are hunter-gatherers. I just read a fascinating book uh, talking about uh, you know how much of hunter-gatherers we are, okay? The Evolution of the Human Body. It's a book by a heart. Another great book I recommend. I think his name is Lieberman. Uh And so he talks about, you know, the defaults. So we already know what it takes to be healthy. It's not that hard. There's other reasons you're probably not healthy. It's probably some of the 25 cognitive biases you've been tricked by various media sources and advertising. But you can get beyond that pretty quick. And you're probably relatively healthy if you're still alive listening to this now. You've already won that evolutionary game. The second thing, wealth. Well, I can take people people through 67 things you need to do if you want to become wealthy. Not everyone will be a billionaire, but everybody can achieve financial independence. I strongly believe that in the modern world. It hasn't always been that way, but it's definitely that way now. I can train anybody. In fact, I have this academy. Some of you listening are already in it. It's called the Millionaire Mentor Academy. I have a link to it. Uh, You can find it on my website, tylopez.com or whatever. But I can take anybody, give me two to four years and I can, I can make millionaires. We already know the basic principles of success. But boy, you get to this last one, like on Mother's Day, your relationship with your mom, your relationship with your brothers. You know, I've had, uh, in my businesses, I've had four or five of my six brothers work for me. I've had uncles and Even my mom at times, and it can be complex. Nothing is more complex. My mom said if you want to test somebody's character, right, test their character by how they treat their family. I think in some ways she's right. In some ways it's more complicated than that, right? Like some parents, some siblings are not worth being loyal to. I know that's hard to say, but that is what I firmly believe. I believe family should get way more chances than acquaintances, But for some of you listening, you have to break the ties with some of your family. Like the great spiritual teacher, you know, Jesus Christ said, He who loves mother and father and brother and sister more than me is not worthy of me. The way I interpret that, because I'm not a religious person in the traditional sense, is that Jesus Christ represented the truth in that story. And he said, You know, he even said that I'm the way and the truth. So whatever you're seeking, which I hope is truth, uh, because truth leads to the good life. If you are seeking those things, guess what? Guess what? If you love mother and father and brother and sister more than the truth, you're not worthy of the good life. So for some of you, you'll have to leave your ties to your mother and father and brothers and sisters. I hope that's not the case, but occasionally it is. Now, again, don't take that as an excuse to write off your family because family is worth fighting for and generally it's worth dying for. But there are some of you who have horrible circumstances and you have to move on and you can create a new family, right? It might not be quite as good in a certain sense. It's not quite as ideal, but you know what? If there's any characteristic of the human species, it's our adaptability. Remember what Darwin said? It's not the most intelligent. It's not the strongest. It's the most adaptable. So find your family. Hopefully your family is your blood. Hopefully your mother is your real mother. But for some of you, like Steve Jobs... His mother and father that he considered his mother and father were not his blood, mother and father. We live in a world that's tumultuous at times and in a history that's tumultuous. Some of you have been lucky enough to have been adopted. Some of you have been abused and forsaken. I have good news. You can find family. There are others. As the uh, I was at the ESPYs the other uh, month, which is like the Academy Awards of Sports. And the woman there speaking had cancer. I forget her name. She was on Good Morning America. And she said, you know what she learned? Is you can make your mess your message. Some of you have a messy life. You can turn it into your message. You can turn it into your purpose. For some of you, it can become your career. The story of great people is often one of tremendous, tremendous trial and tribulation. So I'm speaking again to Two groups of you here, those who have real family, have a mother on today's Mother's Day, and for them, some of you who don't, don't worry. Change your contrasts, change who you compare yourself to. Do what uh, Charlie Munger or Warren Buffett say. Have one good cry over it and then move on with your life, right? No, no use talking about the could have been. I I liked in Sam Walton's book, Made in America, you know, he became the wealthiest man in America. And really, if you calculate his wealth correctly, he was the wealthiest man in the world for a long time. And he said, you know, my first business, I started it, and I built it up in two or three years. Into it, some landlord came in and basically stole it from me. Took the lease away, all I had worked for, and I thought it was over for me. But, you know, I decided... It's two paths I could go down. Wallowing in sorrow about has-beens, could-have-beens, or just moving on. And he chose to move on, and he achieved greatness for it. I'm reading the story of Ray Kroc, the guy who took McDon- bought McDonald's from the McDonald's brothers and turned himself into the wealthiest man in America. He didn't start till he was 52 years old. I got a YouTube comment the other day. A guy said, I'm 42 years old, and I'm in tears listening to this tie." My wife doesn't know what's wrong, and I wish someone had told me this 30 years ago. Well, Joel Salatin said, it's better late than never. So the moral of today and the message that I want to convey, the message on my mind, and I hope it's helpful to you because it's helpful for me to even talk about. I talk about things that help me, that are close to my heart, that are close to my life. You must, in your path to the good life, you must master social, the social life. Friends, family, and romance. There's no area of delusion more than this area. There's more no area that has more bad advice in the media and in magazines and in TV shows uh, than when it comes to your social life. But make no mistake, I can guarantee your happiness like the book Social talks about. Read that book if you get a chance. Social, that's the word. Unfortunately, I'm forgetting the guy's name right now. <laughs> He's a Harvard professor. It should be on Amazon. That is your default state. You will not be able to talk yourself out of social any more than you'll be able to talk your way out of holding your breath. Master the social life. Many of my friends have six-pack abs, or many of them have millions of dollars in the bank, but a lot less of them have an amazing social life. I would probably say you will be happier, and I saw this. I lived two and a half years with Amish. You will be happier to have The love of a group of people, not everybody, but a group of people who are loyal to you, who when times are hard will help you watch your back than you will with all the health and all the wealth in the world. Obviously, you'll need health and wealth too. I don't think it's an if and or situation. I think you want to get it all. But the third step health wealth love happiness the third step is the key that's what the hinging uh that's the hinging kind of dynamic in your life it will hinge on that thing a great story you know when i was about mm, i don't know 21 22 i had a lot of turmoil in my mom was getting divorced uh, and just a lot of i remember my brain just being literally fried and just couldn't find peace and couldn't sleep and i read this book i what was called Amish Society by Hofstetler, And it talked about this group of people, the Amish, not to be confused, by the way, with Mormons. And the Amish are a group of people who live in America who still, like, live as old-fashioned farmers and live in communities and have, you know, milk cows and just live an old-fashioned life, and they use horse and buggy instead of electricity and cars. And I said, maybe these people have the answer. And I got on a bus, and I went and wrote a letter to a few people I didn't know, but I found a way, and I showed up there. And I spent two and a half years. I never what became Amish myself, but I learned from them. And I learned that community is where happiness comes from. The happiest I've ever been, I've done many things since then. I've made multi-million dollars businesses. I've lived in mansions in Beverly Hills. I've had Ferraris and Maseratis and everything you can name. But nothing compares to the happiness of a social dynamic that's working correctly. If family, friends, and romance is not addressed in your life, I can predict your happiness level. You can't get to the fourth step, which is happiness, which is the good life, unless you have mastered that third one. So make a careful assessment today. Who are those people that are there for me? Who are those people who have my best interest at heart, but also demand that I have their best interest at heart? You don't want people who are just, you know, people you can push around, right? You want it to be even, people you respect. Who are those people in your life? And who are those people that you have to remove from your life? Like the great investors say, it's not enough to just bring new things in to buy new businesses and invest in new stocks. You also have to get rid of something. What do you have to get rid of? Jack Welch, the great CEO of GE, he was always promoting the top 10% and getting rid of the bottom to 10%. What's the bottom 10% in your life that you have to get rid of? Nothing will make you more unhappy than someone who's dripping unhappiness on your life. Alan Nation told me, he said, Ty, you know, when you get up and you speak for 1,000 people, boy, the energy in the room can be so high, it can be so high, and everyone's excited. But if one person gets up and says something nasty, the energy of 1,000 people instantly drops. Our minds are finely attuned to negative for good reason. There's an evolutionary reason that I don't have time to go into. There's an adaptive purpose of our focus on negative. But but there are people that you must remove in your life because they serve no purpose. Some of you own companies. Get rid of the bottom 10% people that are not serving it. And pr- take that energy like Jack Welch did. He took $20, 30000000 million and he reinvested it back into the top percent. Double down on your good friends. Double down on your good employees. Double down on the relatives in your family that are the most likely to be there for you and you're the most likely to be there for them. Cut the bottom 10%. And then the rest, the other 80%, leave them as a trial. Watch, observe, but focus on the best. It's not the best. It doesn't mean the other ones are not, not good people. It just means for whatever reason, and I believe this strongly, there's compatibilities, natural compatibilities. Sometimes you're not that compatible with your mom or dad. It's just a personality thing. Of course, you can love them. You can respect them. You can take care of them. But there are always people that you will be naturally uh, more uh, compatible with. You'll have an affinity to them. Double down on those people, right? Right? Some of you are in bad relationships. I was with my friend uh, Owen Cook, who has a, a great YouTube channel, RSD Nation, and has a huge following of people. And you know what he, he said? We were talking about a friend of ours who's just dating always the wrong person. And Owen just said, you know, Ty, nothing has the ability to ruin lies more than a bad uh, you know, a bad spouse or a bad girlfriend or a bad boyfriend. Nothing. And and the science backs that up too. Happiness hypothesis, Jonathan Haidt, talks about the predictors of your happiness. He's like a bad boss, bad spouse, a bad house. Like if you live in a loud, noisy place, your environment matters. We are, you know, if you study biology, this whole new emerging field of epigenetics where actually our DNA and our genetics evolve based on the environment It's not exactly, you know, there's always this nature versus nurture conversation. Well, we kind of understand how it works now, right? There's an interplay. And in your social life, there's an interplay between the environment, obviously. So cut, 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 cut. But then don't just cut negatively. Reinvest in the great ones. Think back on your love life. Is there somebody you got too unfocused that you should have doubled down on? Maybe you go back to them or maybe not. The answer is not always to go back, right? But maybe you use that as a model for the future of the type of relationship you should look for. It's taken me many years as I've gotten older to realize humans need love. You know, I'm a very independent kind of strong-willed person. And and obviously, I've always known love is important. But only as I get a little older Maybe a little wiser, not sure I'm always getting wiser as I age, but uh love is important. I, fr- I think it was uh Freud or Darwin, you know, said you need money and you need love to be happy. I think beyond that, I think you need health too. I think we live in a world where you should be striving to look amazing. Nothing wrong with that, there's nothing shallow about it all correlate. What we consider physically attractive is correlated with physically healthy. And like Tecumseh said, seek to make your life long and its purpose in the service of your people. If you're sick and ailing, you won't be helping people. You won't be investing in your kids, family, mother, brothers, sisters, best friends. Those people have been there for you. Our mind is finally attuned to loyalties. Pick your loyalties well. Life is like battle. You're not just at battle against other people. You're at battle. Humans are at battle against the forces of nature, whether they be warming of the nation of the planet or cooling of the planet, whether it be hurricanes, tornadoes, drought, starvation, depletion of the sto- soil around the world, uh, fossil fuel disappearing, an asteroid hitting the planet. Who knows? Bacteria spreading. Some rogue virus we're at war not just against other people hopefully not always against other people but against the forces of nature you will need allies go to battle remember i spoke of i spent this time with the amish and i one of my favorite stories that kind of inspired me to go and spend time with the amish there's this non-amish dairy farmer and uh, some of you don't know much about milk dairy cows but when dairy cows are giving milk You have to milk them twice a day or else they dry up and stop giving milk. So if you're a dairy farmer with 300 cows and uh, something goes wrong with your equipment because one person, like a husband and wife, farmer team, they can't milk 300 cows by hand. So you use equipment in modern-day dairies. But what happens if in the middle of the season something happens to your equipment well, that story is a true story in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. These were just regular, you know, Americans. They weren't they weren't Amish farmers. Their cows, um, uh, sorry, their barn caught on fire. All the equipment was destroyed, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment. Of course, the cows, luckily enough, were in a different barn, and they were saved. But that husband and wife walked out, they saw that fire, and they said, we have 300 cows it's just you and i we'll never be able to milk 300 cows and in if we're not if we don't milk them in the next day or two all those cows will stop giving milk and we'll be bankrupt we'll go broke we won't be able to pay our bills our whole livelihood of selling milk our business will be gone and that husband and wife were sitting on their porch crying going we've lost everything but then over the hill if you ever been in the rolling hills of Pennsylvania, they saw a horse and buggy come over the hill. One Amish family, clippity-clop, clippity-clop, the horse coming down the lane towards their farm, past the burnt-down barn. And the husband and wife said, what is this? And that first Amish man with his kids and wife said, we're here to just take one or two cows. We'll take them home with us. And we'll milk your cow until you get your barn fixed. No cost. We'll bring you the milk every day so you can keep selling it. We'll milk it by hand. And they said, oh, thank you. And they gave two, I think they had 300 cows. They gave two of those cows to the Amish farmer. The Amish farmer took it back home with them. But then they said, what are we going to do with the other 298? But clippity-clop, clippity-clop, over the hill came another Amish farm farmer and said, I'm going to take two. Of your cows. Me and my kids will milk them for you. And 150 Amish neighbors came. Now remember, this guy whose farm had burned down weren't Amish. But they took the cows and they took them home and they treated them like they were their own for the two or three or four weeks that that family needed to rebuild their, farm, their barn so that they could take the cows back. And then the Amish brought the cows back. And the man said, why do you do that? And the Amish said, because you're our neighbor. It's funny, I have chills telling that story because I lived in a place in Wytheville, Virginia, uh, where these uh, same Amish, uh, I live with some Amish. And when they came there, all the non-Amish farmers thought these people were weird, these people that l- dress in black clothing and have these horses and buggies. and But when they were having to move out, one neighbor came and he had tears running down his eyes and he said, I've never met people like you that actually care and actually build real community. You guys can't leave. We need people like you in the world. Now you listening, you don't have to become Amish to do that, but find your community because it will make you happier. Nothing gives more happiness. Like Charlie Munger says, than the deserved respect of your peers Do you have the deserved respect of your peers? And that peer group is your social group. Find somebody that you can take care of and have their back. And clippity-clop, clippity-clop, you can be the person coming in their time of need. And one day, if you do it right, they will come for you in your time of need. Like John Wooden, a great UCLA coach, says, prepare for the rainy day because the rainy day will come. Don't be surprised when life gets hard. Those of you who are listening to this are wealthy. There will come a day where you might lose all your money. It happens more often than you think. There are some of you who are very healthy right now. Find someone in your social group. Help them get healthy. Because there will come a day, like happened to me a few years ago, where you break your ankle and you'll be bedridden for four months And having someone have your back will change your life. It will change your outlook. Remember what Tecumseh said. Seek to make your life long and its purpose in the service of your people. You will find happiness from this. Everything else is an illusion and possibly for some of you a delusion. I hope on this Mother's Day that for most of you, your mother is one of those people that's had your back when you haven't been able to have your own when you were a little kid or maybe even as you're older. For some of you, you didn't have a mother in the traditional sense. But you had somebody. Make sure you're loyal and you double down on those people because dark days will come and clear days will come. And on the dark days, you'll be a hell of a lot happier if you're going into battle against the forces of nature, whether those be sickness for some of you, it's like Charles Barkley always says. It's funny. He says, father time is undefeated. For some of you, you will get old. For all of us, you will get, we will get old. Uh, the reason I say some of us is some of us will die before we're old. But for those of us fortunate enough to live long, you will get old. And again, if you've invested, double down on some people. Some younger people. Remember I talk about in other things the law of 33%. Make sure you're involved in that law of 33% where there's 33% of your life is around people below you. And you help them and you pull them up. And like I said, like the Amish, those will be your community. You'll need your peers. Those are the other 33%. And then you'll need 33% of people above you. Find happiness in the social side. Find it in friends' Get good friends. One of the things I'm the luckiest, I went out yesterday with twelve or fourteen friends out in Hollywood and went to this little place called Off Vine by the Arc Light movie theater and we all had dinner and you know everyone there at the table was like, Wow, because not everyone knew each other. They're like, Yeah, good friends around you, good people. Yeah. Pick your friends well. There are bad people in the world, like my grandma saw with Adolf Hitler. Make sure. You're not involved with any of them. Don't even get them in your periphery. You know, the comedian Brian Regan talks about first class people in an airplane are like snap the snap the thing. I don't even want to see the people in economy class. I don't even want to see them in my periphery. It's a funny if you ever google Brian Regan his comedy sketch on airplanes and flights. It's hilarious, but it's the same way. Snap the door on the dark people in your life. For some of you that's family. For maybe a few of you listening as your mom, make a new mom in your life. I hope that's not the case. I know most of you uh, probably have great moms. I know I had a great mom and great grandmother. Women are usually more reliable than men. Moms are usually better <laughs> than fathers. That was for sure in my life. So on this Mother's Day, take the time to not only think about your mother, But also to take the time to think about your social life. If you want the good life, if you truly want happiness, this is the third and most challenging uh, step you will have to take. The good news is your brain is completely wired to help you along the path. Just do it with a little logic. Our guts can get a little bit wrong. Our intuition can get a little bit turned around. All right, think through. Most of this stuff is obvious. You'll have to have some courage. Sometimes you'll have to do something that seems counterintuitive. But the reward is the final and most important step in happiness in the good life, right? It's the fulfillment that you get from having tied together every area of your life. The health of yourself physically and your family, those you love, the wealth that you've acquired and you've brought at least, like I say, the four steps, at least financial independence for yourself so you're not continually stressed when the bills come around. And then the happiness of being able to go out with 14 people on a weekend and just relax knowing they have your back, you have their back, and you're going to war and you're going into life with good people on your side. All right, I hope this has been helpful. Now, a few things. Some of you have asked. I have a link here probably on this page that you're on. If you're listening to this audio, um, you can go to my tylopez.com. I've got more on this in my Millionaire Mentor Academy on some advanced things on your social life in terms of becoming successful. But also, will you leave me a comment and maybe share this uh, on your Facebook or Twitter I don't. I, I want to. I was reading something Jeff Bezos from Amazon said. You know, the future of business will be businesses where the product stands for itself well enough that you don't really have to do traditional advertising. So the best uh, way that if I've been a little helpful to you today, you could be helpful for me and growing this. And it's not for me. This isn't for me. This is for this movement you know, this grand theory of everything, focusing on the good life. If this has been helpful, maybe share this on your Facebook or Twitter or email it to a friend. No pressure, but if you wouldn't mind, that would be helpful. And the last thing is leave me a comment because I like to read and interact with people. The question I have for today for you is who should you be doubling down on in terms of investing more? What good people in your social life, family, friends, and romantically? And then... Second part of this question, who should you be cutting? Who should you be eliminating? Because they don't have your best interest at heart. And it's got to be a two-way street. You got to think about them, and they need to think about you back. No one-way streets. That's called Pareto inefficiencies. You want a Pareto efficiency, the win-win. So who is that? Leave me a comment. So if you could share this, and you could also comment. Be very thankful. So live your, uh like I said, Uh, love your life, right? Love your life, perfect your life, beautify all things in your life. So I hope this has been helpful as you love your life, but yet have the balance to know that it's not yet perfect and you must perfect it. And if you do that, you'll get the third thing, which is a beautiful life. All right. So talk to you soon. Stay strong. Check out tylopez.com if you want. And uh, I've got some more stuff uh, that hopefully is helpful.